I wasn't allowed with the public. I was just alone in my body, just being, and I couldn't get out. And I was screaming inside, but no voice for people to hear me outside. And that was the most pain I've ever endured. Welcome to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about what it takes to become a million dollar speaker, reach millions of people, and of course, make millions. Hi, I'm RV Robinson. I'm the master speaker trainer, international speaker, and author of Speak Up, Get Clients. And today I am interviewing a very special guest, a dear friend of mine, her her name is Renee Rice, and she is just a ball of energy. She is a motivational speaker, truly, truly a million dollar speaker. So let me uh, introduce her properly. Renee has cultivated and inspired individuals and teams for over a decade. You immediately feel her energy when she enters the room. After over 25 years working in corporate America, Renee decided it was time to hang up the corporate ladder. She started her profession training and speaking as an instructor at WHW, which is Women Helping Women, a non-for-profit organization where she donated her time helping the unemployed and underemployed find and keep their jobs. Renee has received numerous awards over the years for bringing her teams to number one position. Both her years and experience in the corporate world have taught her that in order to move the bar and increase profits, you must first invest in yourself. After suffering a devastating illness that took away her voice, then a few years later, the loss of her best friend and then her father, Renee decided to follow their example to never give up. She has taken her pain and turned it into her purpose. Now that legacy is how Renee has chosen to live her life and help others, showing them that just when they feel life is closing in on them, there is always a way out. Today, Renee is a four-time number one international best-selling author for Finding Your Voice, Unlock Your Chains, and Unleash Your Greatness. She is a speaker, ambassador for Chemo Buddies for Life, transformational coach, and more. Using the butterfly effect with her voice, V-O-I-C-E blueprint, Renee works with women struggling with limiting beliefs so they can release their excess baggage and go from feeling stuck to unstoppable, gaining more clarity, confidence, and self-courage. So let's welcome Renee. All right, here she 
she comes. Here she comes. Hi, Renee. Good to see you. Hi, RG. It's wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, you are welcome. You truly are a million-dollar speaker. So I want to know, first question is, what attributes do you have that make you a million-dollar speaker? And what should other people have as well to become that million-dollar stage speaker that you are today? I believe it's just being real and authentic, speaking your truth, showing up as you. I always say, you know, you don't want to ever compare yourself to anybody else. Stay in your own lane and just be the best you can be. That's why we're here. We're not here to compare of who's done what or that you're not there or that they're not you. You're you. You are beautiful, whole and complete as you are. And show up that way. And that's what's going to attract your tribe and your audience. And uh, just be you. Nice. And you have been speaking a lot on podcasts, on stages, on summits. So tell us a little bit about how you lost your voice and then how you found it again. Well, thank you for asking, RV. And uh, I think even though what happened to me was was before me, actually, I believe others would be able to resonate with the story behind it. And that's in 2013. I had an illness that took away my voice. It was uh, my vocal cords were riddled with sores and doctors didn't know if I'd ever speak again. It was painful in many ways. It was the emotional pain because I couldn't be with my loved ones. It was the physical pain because it was in my throat. And if you think about struck throat and you 10 exit, that's kind of what it was like. Um, and then the mental pain was because doctors couldn't help me and I didn't know how to help myself. So I was really, this pre-pandemic, this is 2013 that this happened. You know, I was literally quarantined before quarantining became a thing. And I, I was really very isolated and alone. And anybody out there who's listening in RV, I know you know me. I am very much a connector. And when you, you know, I always feel like people are to me like water is to a plant. And I was, you know, just really withering away in my own hell, so to speak, during that time, because I didn't have a voice. I wasn't allowed with the public. I was just alone in my body, just being, and I couldn't get out. And I was screaming inside but no voice for people to hear me outside. And that was the most pain I've ever endured. I'm going to say what I, yeah, what I realized, and I was not spiritual at the time, RV. I I didn't know from meditation, affirmation, go inside, go into your, I didn't know from such things. I was working corporate America. I was a manager running around like a chick with my head cut off, managing different departments, multi-million dollar businesses, and I was just go, 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 go. And what I realized, it took five years after being released from corporate America, that when God brings you to something and through something so painful, that's what I went through. And I know others out there have gone through their own pain, that there's a reason that we don't always realize at the time. Most of the time we don't, we don't even know it at all as it's happening because we're in those moments. Right. But hindsight is twenty twenty, with or without these glasses. And um, there's the reason is 
So, so tell us a little bit. So how long was it that you lost your voice? I mean, was it a couple months? Was it several years? How long was that? So it was a four month quarantine, four months out of, you know, the public and just in my own place. Oh, in your own yeah, it was very, box. Yeah. It, I was in a box in severe pain and it took close to a year to end vocal coaching um, to fully regain the use of my, my voice, you know, and in the beginning when the doctor looked down there, they, I was going to this appointment to see a specialist. They didn't know if it was permanent. They had to look to see if what kind of scarring had been done. And also, and I, I write about this in my book, and I know we'll talk about it. Your vocal cords, are, they're a muscle. And just like your muscles, when they're not used, they atrophy. My wow. vocal cords were not used for four months, no use. And so they atrophied. Oh, so they my this, Yeah. You know, it's like a rubber band. You like warm it up and you have more pull in it. So it had to get worked out again. And just wow. again, like your muscles. And it slowly came back. It would go in and out. When I was first trying to get it back, it would like literally go in and out of, of use. Well, what, just tell us, and then yes, we want to talk about your book because your book is all about finding your voice. And that's what this podcast is all about, finding your voice. So if you know of anybody listeners out there that are struggling with the same kind of issue or another issue where they just, maybe they can use their vocal cords, but they're just not out there speaking because they think someone doesn't, you know, won't listen to them or they don't have a message or who's, you know, I mean, there's so many different reasons. Uh, and Renee's got the answers to that. But Renee, tell us, like, what was it like when all of a sudden you woke up or maybe maybe it was gradual or is it where you woke up and all of a sudden you couldn't talk? I mean, as a speaker, I mean, that is devastating just to wake up and go, <gasps> right? So tell us how you first discovered this and then tell us, um, you know, how you recovered from it. Great questions. And thank you, RV. Something I'm going to back up just a moment before I answer those questions. You, you stated something really, I think, profound about others listening to this and losing their voice. What I realized, hindsight, like I was saying, is 2020. Five years later, I realized it, that I truly believe that the physical loss of my voice in life manifested from the metaphoric loss of my voice in life. For not speaking up for myself, for not standing up, being the people pleaser, feeling judged. Who is going to listen to me? Do I matter? What it, you know, all of those things that you very poignantly stated. I truly believe that's what took place within me, and I didn't know all those things were. They were locked away in my subconscious, and I was consciously living, but not speaking my truth. Fear, that fear, false evidence appearing real, or face everything and rise. Right. Know, when you face everything and rise, you bring others along with you and you give your, you know, the hand up rather than a hand out. And that's what I'm here to do. And to answer your questions, what happened is I went, not what I recommend. So I'm going to preface it. I went to work sick one day oh. and it was, I had, my throat was sore, the reason I did, I'm already defending here. The reason I did is because at that time, I was the only senior manager that was scheduled to close the building during Christmas. We were open till midnight. I knew 
if I called and said, I don't feel well, my throat hurts, they would say, get in here. I felt they would. Maybe that was a story. Maybe they would have said, we'll get somebody else. But as a manager closing an entire building during this busiest season of the year, and you're the only one, I felt that I could not. So I went in, I, I was one to not call out, I, you know, anyway, um, unless it was really bad. And I, I knew they probably would have known that, but I just didn't feel good in doing it. So I went in and it wasn't horrible, but it, it, it really, I didn't feel well. I felt very drained and my throat was sore. And so I went in and I was working late till midnight. And as the night was progressing, it was getting worse by the minute by this. It was just really bad. I went out into my car. I was shivering. I couldn't even swallow at that point. It, I got home. There was a fever that was spiking. Um, and the next day I had off because that was also my rationalization. Well, I'm off it tomorrow. I can do it. You know, I can just go through and plow through it. So I, that was another reason for going in. So I went to the urgent care the next uh, day. I took myself there and I said something which is really different than I think most people would go into a doctor and say what they felt. I told the doctor, I said, I feel like there's a sore in my throat. Maybe if you're a two-year-old, you might tell your mother or you feel like there's a sore in your throat. But an adult would not say, I feel like there's a sore in my throat. That's what I said. I said, it's, I don't feel like it's a sore throat. I feel like there's a sore in my throat. She looked and she said, you're exactly right. It's right in the middle of your throat. I said, that's where I feel it. And it's a, it was the weirdest feeling because I've never experienced that. And uh, she took a rapid strep test. It wasn't strep because it wasn't a regular sore throat either. It was a sore. So the next day... I woke up and my best friend who's watching me from heaven, I know, she took me back to urgent care because it, it felt like 10 times worse if that was even possible, but it was. And that ER, that doctor told my best friend to get me to the ER like now. It had exploded. And I write in my book, it's like it gave birth. And I said, well, how many are there? Oh my so, gosh. I'm not going to tell you. Because she, she knew she knew me. I knew this doctor. She knew I'd, I'd flip out. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, I'm not going to tell you, but you know what? You need to get her to the, the ER like now. So off we went. And uh, for the next hours and hours, I was having tests run and I was on a gurney and I was being wheeled away. And um, it was very, very scary to go from having a voice to having no voice and then learning this may be your permanent, permanent. life. Right, permanent. But out of that, so so thank you for sharing all that with us. So out of all that, though, you know, you found your purpose. Out of all that pain, you turned pain into purpose. Yes. So you wrote a book about it. You wrote Finding Your Voice. So tell us, yes, the triumph of going through that and all the way through into writing your book. And now that book has pretty much got you some pretty good publicity and fame and recognition. So tell us about that. I mean, God works in mysterious ways. And this is one of them. Absolutely true. You know, it is true. And I, I say this all, all the time. From my pain came my purpose. And I didn't know it at the time. I, I didn't understand it, even after it was over, you know, even after it ended. And it took, like I said, close to a year for me to fully regain the use. Um, one of the chapters I write in, in my book is called Old Habits Die Hard because RV, I made promises when I got better to my best friend, to myself and to the almighty above. I promised I would be good. I would take breaks at work. I would, you know, drink more water. I would 
eat better. I would take care of myself. I made all those promises. And you know what? I stuck to them until I didn't. Mm. Until I didn't. Hence the title of that chapter, Old Habits Die Hard. It was, you know, I was going from that hamster wheel to being isolated to slowly picking up speed on that momentum of the hamster wheel all over again. Because that's the thing that we do because we're used to something that may not even be a comfortable situation, but we're used to doing it. It doesn't mean it's the best thing for us. And that certainly wasn't the best thing for me. So, you know, in, in coming out of that and, you know, as I said, I made those promises and I actually had to go back out of work for another month after I went back to work, to corporate because I wasn't, my body wanted so much to go back and to be with people again. Um, My mind did, I should say, but my body was like, you're not ready yet. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our body screams at us in different ways. I mean, if you feel different ailments on your body, if you feel different things, it's usually because something else is going on. It's trying to get your attention in some way. And then we just, you know, we take a pill or we do, we try to, you know, kind of squash those feelings down with some kind of drug of choice. Um, to to mask it, but it's really like nugging at you to get your attention, to pay attention to it. And when we stop, ground ourselves and listen, then we hear those answers to the things we're searching outside of ourselves for. We actually have those answers within us. Right. Well, a lot of times if we don't stop, something will cause us to stop. So you worked one more month. So what caused you to stop? Because I can see what you're saying. It's like, I promise if you make me well, I promise I'll take care of myself, God. I promise my best friend I'll take care of myself. I love what you say. I'll drink more water. I'll eat right, whatever. I'll take breaks. But then what happens? You get into that routine, that flow, that habit, because you're very active and energetic. And you, you that, that's where you felt your purpose was in corporate America at at that time. It's not anymore, but so that's why you just want to make things normal again. And I see people do this, especially women all the time. They just want so bad for things to get back to normal. They try, they get in relationships that they shouldn't be rushing into, right? You know, they get pregnant when they shouldn't be rushing into that or whatever. So it's, so it's uh, very common. So tell us though, after you went in for a month, you hit the wall again, right? And then you were you were done for good. I mean, it was done for you. So tell us a little bit about that. So it was just, um, I, as I said, my body wasn't really back to where it should have been. Uh, I was released. That was in 2013. It was about four years later when I was released from corporate America. And I didn't know, you know, finding your voice is like finding yourself. Yeah. And, yeah, and I didn't realize that there's... <laughs> the phone's going off, um, that, you know, I didn't really realize it then of what would be the case and why that would have happened. But I do know that when I did come back from that time, it was the sense of there was something more that I was supposed to do. I initially went back to try to get back into corporate America because I had done it for 25 years. Sure, that's all you knew. Yeah. That's all I knew. 25 years, a quarter of a century. I'm like, I'll just go to some place with a different marquee on it. I could do the same thing in somewhere else. And you know what? With all my years of experience, I didn't get hired. They're like, why would you want to work here? You've already done this, this, and this. And you, you know, I'm like, oh my God, now what? Then I started finding out about speaking. I was going to different events. I was trying to fill myself with knowledge. 
And I found myself loving what I was. I went to one of your events, RV. Right. I, and I'm like, oh my God, I love this woman. And I just really resonated with, with, with you and so many different events I was attending to try to gain the knowledge and better myself. And, you know, that's part of my growth is learning from others who have already been there and done that. It doesn't mean you have to reinvent the wheel. And I post about this one um, day in my own group in, on Facebook that you just put your own twist of oil into it. Again, you're not comparing yourself to say, I want to be her, or I want to be him. You're being you, but not reinventing the wheel of what already works. Make it work for you and your own voice. And finding your voice and is finding who you are, your true north, your true self, and, and what that means for you without any outside intervention, without any outside noise. But right. when you get quiet and you go within, you do have the answers. Right. So tell us a little bit about your adventure of writing the book. Like, When did you first get inspired to write that book? And then how long did it take you? Because now it's everywhere. Yes. So a friend of our family several years ago, she has since passed. A lot of people have passed in my, in my life and, uh, you, you you learn about that too. Um, it's it's more than death; it's life, and and how you experience those people that you're close with. A friend of our family had told me, and she's from Becky, so I'm in California, and we were on the phone one day, and she said, "You should write a book." First time I ever heard somebody say that, and, she, and some, like people say, "Oh, you should write a book. Your life is so you know you can write a book on that." You know, people just say in passing. However, I knew she didn't say in passing. She said, Renee, you've got such a great story. She was really serious. And, I'm, and I even write this in the book, who am I to write a book? I never wrote a book before. I did know I liked writing because even in corporate, I would write stories about my employees, you know, things they've achieved. I wanted to give accolades to them and recognize them because I knew that that was always something that was important to me in the sense of not so much the accolade, but the hard work that somebody puts in. They want to be recognized and they did. So I write stories about them. And they, they really appreciated it, I knew, but I never wrote a book. I'd also in articles, but a book was completely something different. So when she said that to me, I thought about it. And as I said, I knew she was serious, but I never really sat down. And then eventually I started to, I said, what if? What if I really did do this? Because other people started calling me from different parts of the country, friends of mine, telling me I should write a book. Then I had intuitives wow. come up to me different intuitors would call me and say, Renee, you need to write a book. I'm like, whoa, that's so what I said. I said from all directions. People that didn't even know each other would call me from different parts of this country and say, you need to write a book. I'm like, what is it with this book? Yeah. And this was after being released from corporate. Before that, I got a knock on my head about the illness that I had. And I tried to squash it down. I said, God, why am I thinking about this illness? This is behind me. It happened four years ago. Why am I thinking about it? And this was, you know, like four years later. Why am I thinking about it now? It was a very painful thing. Why would that come back to my conscious mind? I, I didn't understand it. And I kept pushing it aside because I'm like, sure. this, is a weird thing. this is a weird thing to be thinking about that was so painful. And I moved past it, or so I thought. I had moved past it. But it was what it was going to serve and who it was going to serve at that point. So when people kept coming to me who didn't even, I said, didn't even know each other from different parts of the, the, the world. 
And I started writing the book. You asked another question, how long did it take? Yeah. I didn't get onto a Word document on the computer. I literally started putting pen to paper Whoa. and started jotting down notes. And then I put it aside. Then I was standing in the um, in line in Staples and there was a, I always look at those things at, at the checkout, you know, if they have the impulse buys, but this was a calendar and it was like light pink and blue and just very soothing colors at 365 days of quotes. I'm like, I don't need this calendar. It's another tchotchke thing I'm going to have laying around that I don't need collecting dust, but I knew I love quotes. So I started looking at it in line and I ended up buying it. And then I put it down. I said, oh, I said, I love quotes. So I ended up using quotes in my book and the book took two years over two years to write it's only 83 pages i'm going to tell you it doesn't take two years to write 83 pages but it took me that long because again i thought who am i to write a book i literally would put all those notes down those handwritten notes in different places they were not in one little area i had some notes in one place some notes in in a closet somewhere i mean i was all over the place and i i gotta do this i started digging through things finding my notes and putting it onto a document on my computer and then even that, I would it would go for maybe three to six months. I would put it back down. I'm like I can't do this. I gotta I gotta get work. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. All those things. I said, Renee, you could do this and that. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You have a story. You have a big story that needs to be heard, not from someone who physically had lost their voice. Or so there might be people out there, but what it means to those who may in life have metaphorically lost their voice and need a way out and feel that they don't have one. I'm going to tell you there's a way out and I'm here to help and serve you. Beautiful. Thank you, Renee. Now um, we have to wrap this up a little bit, but, but you since then have gotten a lot of awards for the book. You were the recipient of all women's rock orange County, right. In 2019 authors rock in 2020 and red blazer of excellence and achievement award, global glass heart award. I mean, you've got so many and you're today the number one best-selling author. So, I mean, that is huge. I mean, I know when you started to write that book that you never thought you would achieve all these awards with that book, or you probably would have done a little sooner, right? <laughs> a little faster, but actually two years to write a book is not long. It took me nine years to finish mine and it took uh, Les Brown 20 to finish his second book. So you my dear, had did it really quickly in two years. I just so you know that. And now today, Renee, you're helping other women to get rid of the blocks, to be unstoppable and to find their voice. And I love what you said. The voice doesn't mean you find your voice to speak. It's not your speak necessarily your speaking voice. It's your voice to show up in the world. Yes. But it's bigger than just a speaking voice. Absolutely. And a friend of mine told me a long time ago, and I actually included it in the book, it's our inner voice that creates the fear and our outer voice that overcomes it. Ooh, that let's let's leave that. That is awesome. So if someone wants to get a hold of you or buy your book, Renee, how do they do it? Well, it is on my website, ReneeRice.com. And it's on um Amazon. You could look up my name, Renee Rice, R-E-N-E-E-R-E-N-E-E, and the last name is Rice, R-E-I-S-C-H. It'll pop up as soon as you put it in there. Finding your voice, unlock your chains, and unleash your greatness. Something I'd like to add, uh, it is on um, an ebook as well as the paperback for $9.99 is the paperback, 
But I want to encourage people to get the paperback if they're able to, because after each chapter, I have what's called a takeaway. And there is, you know, very short chapters. The takeaways, I literally leave you three, sometimes four line pages, because I believe what comes up will come out. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it an evergreen book because you can always look back upon it. How did I answer this question six months ago? Where was I then versus where am I now? How would I answer those questions today? So it really becomes your own, your own roadmap to success in your own growth in life and finding your voice. So I really encourage you to get that. I also have a voice course coming up. You could, it's reneereich.com forward slash voice. You could look that up, reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. Um, you could private message me. I'd love to share our voices together. Oh, that's so beautiful. So you are to get hold of Renee. She's, uh, you can find her all over social media. And again, I get, I love watching your lives uh, on Facebook and some other places. So you can't miss her. Just go look for her, search for her and you too will find your voice. So thank you so much, Renee, for being on our show today. I really appreciate it. And thank I just wish you all of the best of the best. And uh, I know you're helping women and you are on purpose and girl, you are on fire. So keep it up, keep up the good work. Thank you so much, RV. Again, for being on the show. All right, everyone, that'll, that's our show for today. Tune in again next Wednesday for another great interview. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. Please hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review. And feel free to share our channel with your friends and family. Also, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. We would love to hear from you. And remember, you are one step closer to becoming a million-dollar speaker.